Welcome to Get Into It, produced by Ryco Theatricals. We deep dive into the big questions of our industry. Our two hosts take a look into the theater industry today through panel discussions and asking the necessary and sometimes unnecessary questions. Our show airs every Thursday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern on our social media at Ryco Theatricals. Now please welcome our hosts, Dash Perry and Tyler Dobies. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler hello, Dobies. Hello. And I'm Dash <laughs> Perry, and this is Get Into, get into it. it. Get Into It, Get Into It. Okay, I love it. I love the interpretive dance. This is what I've come to see. <laughs> we get paid okay. the big bucks to do interpretive dance. So you know what I wanna get in today? What do you wanna get into? I want to get into our one of our most inspirational Black peoples, as it is Black History Month. It is Black course. History Month. Happy Black History Month. Yes, happy Black History Month to you as well. So yeah, let's get into that. Um, uh, you go first. I would love to go first. Um, there's so many. I I think I have plenty. I have. There's, I mean, there's so many. I mean, it's like, how do you even, how do you even decide? How do you even like choose? You know, it was, it was a tough pick for me as well. I was going through, I, as we know, I was just reading Beloved, and now I'm reading um, Song of Solomon. So Toni Morrison is right on the dome, but right on the brain. Mm-hmm. And it's because, I mean, I feel like this country and arts and everything just owes everything to black people. Period. <laughs> I mean, tell her, you tell them, you tell them. Right. I didn't even like, have to say it. for the people listening in. Tyler said it. <laughs> We owe it to the black people. We owe it to the black people. Right. I mean, right. literally. I mean, okay. <laughs> Honestly, we can end the show here. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Thank you so much. So glad you were able to join us. Um, no, yeah. I I don't want to talk about one of my favorite um, black artists. Um, mm-hmm. Her name is Anna DeVere Smith. I've talked about her before. I mean, how could, yes. how could you not? How could you not? Um, Anna DeVere Smith playwright known for Mm -hmm. her verbatim performance solo performances really interrogating what it means to be uh an american in the united states right obviously that's where america is (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, and um, (laughs) she i mean you know you see she's an actress too and a playwright and and all kinds of things also Mm -hmm. professor She's just amazing. And I think what's really she, she interesting. She was your professor, what, wasn't she? She was my professor. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. You know, I, you know, I think I'm going to try to bring that up every single episode. What do you think? Like, And you should. If, I, if she professed me, I would do the same. But, <laughs> right. you know, I had other people profess me. And one, you know, that will come. We'll get to that later. But okay, great. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, Anna DeVere Smith. Who's yours? I, I have an inkling. I have a thought. That you it, may know who it is. But, but tell me, it's, tell me. It's Mr. James Baldwin for like oh, for yeah. sure. He gives me when I I think it was I was in middle school when I first like heard about him and I was like, oh okay. This is before I had come out, but I was like, no, this black queer man really talking about what it means to be black in America and being queer. I was like, oh no way. And then as I got to high school, I was like, okay, now now I'm really starting to understand what he's saying. This man is real and everybody listens to. He has a seat at the table as an essayist, a novelist, um, a playwright, playwright. and an academic. He really brought to the world this like view that I guess, I mean, they were listening to obviously, but put it in this way that seemed to speak to so many more ears than there were before. And then as a novelist as well, I just recently read um, Giovanni's Room, which is written by, it's written about a white man going to Paris and having this like love triangle with his girlfriend and his boyfriend. And I was like, wow, this is something else. Even though I was fully like reading about these white people, you could very much hear James Baldwin's voice in it. And I was like, he's incredible. This is it. People like Toni Morrison, you know, give it up to him for like his language and being able to like forward every all all black people in the in the language arts and writing and he's incredible he's incredible right and the tradition continues with um jeremy o'harris mr mr it just everyone we 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 continue to see people give it up to mr james baldwin so you know i'm giving it up to mr james baldwin the black excellence is everywhere we we love to see it and speaking of black excellence how about we get into some black excellence over at instagram Ooh. Mm-hmm. Let's see what's going on. Oh, should we talk about the question of the day, maybe? 
first. Yeah, we'll bring in the question of the day first. <laughs> first, we'll bring in the question of the day, <laughs> which is, pop that up. How far have we come and how far do we have to go? Hmm, okay. I mean, this could be, this could take a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. More but I think broadly, right. it's maybe how far have we come since the civil rights movement, since Jim Crow, how far we have to go with the inequity still being enacted today with um, Black Lives Matter and police brutality or even more specific, talking about the theater industry, um, how far we've come. There are women winning. Zendaya just won the um, Emmy for Best Lead Actress. Right. How far we have to go? I mean, she's one of two that's won it before, or I think she's the only one. And right, there are certain um, Black people who were snubbed by the yes, Golden Globes. Even, even this year, still going on even today. This year. Um, I May right. Destroy You. Like, we, we, how, far, how far do we have to go right. is a big question. And hopefully our panelists can help us answer that today. But before that, let's let's go to this Instagram thing. I want to talk about yes, that. Yes, yes, well, yes, yes. Maybe you should talk about it. What do you think? We'll both <laughs> talk about it. We'll both get into it. Let's see. So today we're getting into Affirmed Living, which is Affirmed at living. Affirmed underscore living on Ooh. Instagram. Yes, it was created by Miss Kayla Davion, Broadway star. And if you need some inspiration or if we can, can you read that bio right there for us? Yeah, it's just a quote. It says, well, obviously it's just created by Kayla Davion. Mm -hmm. um, but the quote says, at some point, our belief in our own existence and purpose has to outweigh all other opinions. Live on. on purpose. You've got to believe in yourself. And we've talked about that before. It's, it's, it's all within me. Anything <laughs> you want. <laughs> Let's um, see. You've got to believe in yourself. And there's all these beautiful quotes. I mean, here, I'm going to like this right now. Live liking. <laughs> live liking. Let's Stop taking yourself out of rooms that God placed you in for greater. Come on. Affirmed living. Affirmed living. Believe right. that you are supposed to be there. Period. So follow them. Follow and follow them. Kayla while you're at it. And follow Kayla while you're at it. Yeah. And, and now we get into the why we really come into the show to watch, you know. For real us two queens as well as usually two other queens get into it so i'd like to in introduce you to director actor teaching artist and she's currently off the grid Didi batiste we got her here live <laughs> hello <laughs> now is this why i say let's get into it yes yeah let's get into it uh, we have another guest. Mm -hmm. We have another guest, and we've already heard a little bit about her. I want to read these things because I don't want to. I don't want to get them wrong, but you may have seen this wonderful person in Waitress. Mm -hmm. She was the first African American woman to play Dawn, actually. Wow. Whoa. That's it. That's like fame in the house. We have fame in the house. She was in King Kong as well, and Tina. Um, and then you may have also seen her on The Good Fight. Mm -hmm. Chirp, chirp. We have Kayla. Damian. Okay, let's get to it. Yes, let's get to it. <laughs> right. That's it. That's it. What's up, y'all? I mean, I he hit it on the head. I really don't know what else to say. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. You could say, you know, you told me that you had you got a Cheetah Rivera award. Yes. Oh um, yes, Cheetah Rivera. We all the time. I got, I am a Cheetah Rivera Award recipient for an ensemble when I was in King Kong or live yes. Broadway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He also been three shows thus far on Broadway. And I've also been, oops, this is the bloop. And I've also been, <laughs> <laughs> and I've also been on TV and whatnot. So we're, we're making it happen, Captain, right here in New York City. What's up? You are making it work. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you, how did you get to where you are? Um, a little introduction. <laughs> That's one of them. I got into where I am by going to school. I got into theater my senior year of high school. Real quick story. Google top 10 colleges. Not the thing you're supposed to do, but I didn't know anything. <laughs> so that's what I did. And um, I Ball State's packet came in the mail there in Muncie, Indiana. Church I looked hurt. at the packet and my heart was like, this is where you're supposed to go. And that's where I went. Literally auditioned for that one school, got in. I would not recommend that to anybody else, but that's my story. <laughs> and I had to uh, really train hard, really hard, because I knew mm -hmm. nothing. 
And I met people like Didi Batiste. Wow. <laughs> Got me together. We used to argue class. Didi would be like, why are you mad, Kayla? And I'd be like, I'm not mad. <laughs> but I learned a lot. And um, I ended up doing a New York showcase. I got agents from that showcase. Um, and then I booked Broadway a week before my graduation. Or a week of my graduation. Lies. There it is. Wow. Kayla, yeah. I read something. I read something about you that you saw Memphis, and that like changed something about. Yeah, I was in I Memphis. So I the reason I chose Memphis. New Theater was because I was in this All State Theater program, which is basically when it's like a big theater festival that happens, and you put on a show with a bunch of students from different schools within the state. So we put on the production of Memphis, which oh. it was the first time I had ever seen that a black woman could play a lead role in life. Wow. I didn't know that that was possible. Um, mm. And from being in that show, it changed my life. And so I was like, that's when I decided to Google my top 10 colleges. <laughs> that's what I did. Incredible. How far you've come. How far, how you've come. far, how far I've come, right? And let's get into Miss Didi Batiste. Yes, where, who are you? How did you get to where you are? What are you doing now? Where do you live? Please tell us more. Who did your hair? What color is that on your lips? Beautiful stain. Oh, this is a combination of Ruby Woo mm. and um, some other matte color. Um, I am. Oh, yes, yes. I'm in Chicago. Um, I did. I taught. Oh, it's Diva and Ruby Woo. Uh, uh, apparently, Ooh. but um, yeah. So I'm an adjunct faculty member at Ball State University, Chirp Chirp, mm -hmm. where I met both Deshaun Perry, Dash Perry, sorry me to use your Christian name. No, it's and, okay. Um, Kayla <laughs> taught them both. It was a joy. And then I decided to um, run away because I wasn't <laughs> done creating yes. and mm -hmm. uh, ran to the city where I now continue to teach. I have private students. Um, I also am acting. I just finished I mean, everything has been virtual, but I just finished a virtual Christmas Carol at Goodman. And I also write, and I finally got, speaking of Anna DeVere Smith, also a personal hero of mine, as well as Baldwin, finally turned my one woman show, No Aids, No Maids, into a teleplay. Ooh, um, teleplay. Congratulations. I might have to make a link, we'll shoot it out. It's It was streaming oh, through Walter Mechanics, they'll have another streaming of it, but it's beautiful shot right there in the cave at Ball State where Bob mm -hmm. Ross painted all his pictures, but wow. um, <laughs> that was exciting to finally get on tape. So I'm a maker, but I also strongly identify as a teacher. And um, yeah, that's what I do. I write, I direct, I act, and I teach. And mm -hmm. I enjoy doing so from Chicago at incredible. the moment. Yes. Is that I can't enough? Wait for that. No, that's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> Didi also, she gave me my first, literally my first collegiate credit, like off the bat, like Crowns from a Table of Joy. She co-directed and fully put me in, Coach. Like, so thank yes. you. I wouldn't be where I am today. I did, and I will never regret friend. it. It was oh, beautiful. It was I thought you were going to talk about, which I told you not to, but <laughs> I'm going to just say. Didi's referring to a little bit of a, a snog. A snog of a hog that we had oh, to boy. have. We were, um, as some people would say, going at it. I don't know. We were kissing. No, we, we weren't. Had to kiss no, a lot. Nobody no, was we weren't going at it. We I, we I stage kissed this young man, and then I promptly was like, I don't want to do this no more. Not because he's not a lovely young man, but because it just felt wrong. So then we worked it out. But that was yeah. our first meeting. Dash mm. was lovely in crumbs. I wish I could oh show God. you how stunning that performance Stop it, Didi. Stop it. Stop um, it. And I never got the opportunity to work with beautiful Kayla because oh. Kayla has a voice for the gods and so was never handed to me to do a play, but I still lament it. Time is, we, we still young. So yeah. here's the thing. It's, it's going ideas. It's coming. Okay. Just when, just when. Yes. Speaking of that, so let's, pop, let's pop that um, question of the day back up and let's get into that. How far have we come and how far do we have to go does that did, does anyone get anything from that any just like right. straight off the dome how far we've come how far we have to go um could be broad could be specific but yeah. i mean i feel like i always in in my mind i'm immediately thinking about the fact that we have a black female <laughs> as the vice president Period. Period. Well, absolutely 
we have come we've come away like i i think that that is a pretty big feat right there to even get to this point i mean because we have beautiful white hillary trying it but it wasn't mm -hmm. happening so like i just feel like from where we were to like where women weren't even recognized they could not speak they couldn't talk no one heard what they had to say to this point mm -hmm. where we have so many women in Congress. We have this vice president. We have people who are like hiding for our rights on a daily basis that are finally being seen and they're people of color. Like Absolutely. That, Absolutely. for me is like, thank you. Finally, finally, mm -hmm. we're making small strides. They aren't always the best strides. Mm -hmm. We got sure. a lot of problems in society, mm -hmm. you know, especially as black people. But I do feel like that is something I could be grateful for, for sure. You know, mm -hmm. that inauguration made me tear up just a little bit. Only for her, though. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too, Biden. But like, I'm yes. I'm Love you, Uncle Joe. Um, <laughs> I agree. Yes, ending with Kayla. I I like to think we've come far enough where we can really see one of us everywhere. We haven't come far enough where we don't have to continually justify why we deserve to be there. Yeah. So that's interesting, right? So for me, it's interesting that pretty much anywhere you look, I mean, we got we got a, a black sis who just is like the first NASCAR pit person. I, not that mm -hmm. I watch NASCAR, but really <laughs> any place you look, you can find one of us. Mm -hmm. um, the path is not clear as how more of us can get there. There's usually just one or two good of us. And once we're there, we haven't come far enough. Where we don't have to continually not just justify why we deserve to be there, but why anyone who looks like us deserves to be wherever they are, no matter whether they got anything to do with us, just yeah. every day justifying for ourselves and others. So, but again, it's, it's a dream of our forefathers, a dream of our grandparents even could never have dreamed. So we're making progress. It, it is just interesting for me. Right, right. How much further we got to go. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Kayla, you mentioned that you were the first Black Dawn. Um, did you, what was that like? Was there, did you feel that weight walking into the room? Did you have a sense of it coming? Like where was, I mean, well, obviously you were the understudy, but um, what, what, what was it like in those times of you where that really settled in for you? Um, I, if I'm being quite honest, this is, it was, not the easiest time. I think when we have a lot of white producers, mm -hmm. if we're going to be real, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. We love to get into and it. Here. Into it. Yes, now, let's be honest, the role was <clears throat> originated by an Asian woman. So it was still a person of color. She mm -hmm. was a person black, but she was a person mm -hmm. of color. Absolutely. You know? And once they put a white woman in the role, though she was incredible, mm -hmm. I think that for their brains, it was like, oh, this is how the role is supposed to go because Don's character is this nerdy character. Mm -hmm. So they just assume from all of, you know, media, movies that you've seen, TV shows you've seen, right, they have right. to be a white person. That's the best mm -hmm. way that it's supposed to be shown. Right. So when a black woman comes into the room, it's uh, it's more so like, could you don't play this character, make sure it's not a character. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, it, it's not a character. Black people are just funny and <laughs> yes. everything's actually real for them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think, I think it definitely had its difficulties in feeling as if um, I, I still needed to be shown in a certain light that they weren't seeing. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. I also, it was also amazing because I got to change a lot of little girls' lives who got Absolutely. to Oh, and there were a lot of um, people who messaged me afterwards and was um, very supportive and very happy. And I had a supportive cast. So mm -hmm. I'm at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, I did, I made it do what it do. And that's what we going, that's what we, that's that on that. <laughs> I definitely think it should have been recognized more for sure. Absolutely. Um, right. It wasn't recognized as much. And that is a part of where we still have to go. Yeah. Like, we I was places to go obviously mm -hmm. yeah like that part that Kayla just said feels like the part of needing to justify when you get there why how how you know that whether or not you can do it mm -hmm. but also mm -hmm. the crazy thing of yeah it's just so crazy to to know that someone I love accomplished this beautiful thing <laughs> and that you can't really enjoy it I'm assuming Kamala feels the same way right now like you know you want to enjoy it you want to celebrate everyone celebrating for you but there's real pressure of you can't mess up. 
Right. Uh, people are looking at you to figure out whether or not they should have done it in the first place. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's still such a colossal thing, a weight every time you arrive someplace that you feel for, you know, for the culture, for the people. It is. It is. And I think it's hard, especially as a black woman, because absolutely. Um, I don't curse. I'm not going to curse, but <laughs> like, we get seen as the B word. You know what I'm saying? Like if we, mm -hmm. and, and I actually just watched Kiki Palmer um, say something a while ago where she was talking about the fact that like, every time we confront a situation, we are seen as the mean people, like the ones who have attitudes and who come in and are rude and like, are not grateful. And that's not the case. Like, it's not about not being grateful. It's about, it's about like having the respect and not having to have it be earned. Cause mm -hmm. it's something, if, if you already casted me, that was already, earned it. I don't, yeah. I don't if have I'm to there, anything else from you, you know? And I Absolutely. think are a lot of the time still living in a world where it feels like it's something that we have to earn. And I'm like, what? I'm already in the room. Stop doing that. You know, and when you get there and you have earned it, you need to only show appreciation, That's um, which as an artist is wild since it's our job to collaborate and to add to. But of course, if we collaborate in a way that you don't see, then you're not appreciative. Then you are. But I mean, <laughs> I don't want to do this, but let's get into it. Which I will actually say, I'm going to send and figure out a way to show. But I talk about this trope, this mammy trope, I call it mammying. And as a black woman in academia, my expectation to be everybody's sweet mammy, they mama, they, but I was like, <laughs> I think that trope comes from, I say in the show, it's like so many, we're addicted to images. We're addicted to this idea of like the sassy black best friend who's deeply supportive, never calls you out, never has a read. It's the same thing for, for queer bodies. I talk about the magical Negro and the magical queer in this piece. Mm -hmm. And I was like, after years of Hattie McDaniels, after years of the sassy black friend on um, Ally McBeal, the idea that I would do anything other than selflessly support you, yeah. mm -hmm. um, it, beca because we're addicted to this image of sort of this mammy figure, this like selfless black, that's the only thing we want. We want the help. If you get anything from black women that is not a selfless, deep support and applause and a thank you, thank you, thank you, mm -hmm. it feels deeply aggressive because we're addicted to this yeah. idea of Adelaide saying, you strong, you smart, you intelligent. A sweet mom. And Hattie. So it's a trope that we fight all the time because we are only supposed to be grateful and nurturing. Mm -hmm. um, and right. I am grateful every day. I believe in deep gratitude. I teach, I try to teach gratitude. Um, and, and I'm a big cheerleader, but I also have lots of opinions. That's what right. makes me an incredible artist. I don't think there's any person that we can consider an incredible artist who comes with no opinion. Mm -hmm. And that's not a thing. But I do think that addiction to, speaking of how far we've come, all of the images that we've consumed about other Mm -hmm. We expect the world to be that thing so yeah. that when we bump into something that's not that thing, it's like right. stubbing your toe on a chair and you're like, fuck this chair. Sorry, I do swear. And it's like, <laughs> hey, that was the misunderstanding between you with, with you and your misunderstanding of distance. But I continually think of all of the ways that we mistake one another based on our art, what we consume. If it's deficient, we're deficient. Mm -hmm. It's the same, and the same trope is coming for the queer men. And it already is. We have the bitchy, the bitchy gay. Absolutely. Somebody who doesn't care about your love life and who does not, who's not here to talk exclusively about you. Yeah. Um, it's wild. Wow. That brings me, I, I, I was talking about representation the other day and I was thinking about it and that it makes me think of this question. I think so much of drama is conflict, right? I mean, we learn that in school. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's these people, I mean, these characters place in like the worst situation, their worst days most of the time. And if that's the thing, or, you know, if that's the thing that's going to be the same thing over and over again, how do we get out? Like maybe represent, I was thinking that maybe representation isn't, I mean, this is, I'm going to get into this, isn't like the end all, be all. Like there has to be more than that. Right. You know, I don't know, what, what is your thought about that? Because if it's, if, if these people in these really bad situations, and that's the only thing we see, like where, where, where's, where's the other Where's the joy? Where's the other? Where's the other nuance? Like somewhat tokenizing these certain type of stories that they're like, oh, we'll put up these stories, but we'll put up the or like how I've heard it described as is maybe like um, what was it? Something porn. Um, 
trauma, trauma, porn. trauma porn. Yeah. How mm. we've like, then we're pushing. It's like, okay, well, here's, here's the movie that everyone feels for every year. How about we put that up? Whereas I feel like now what I think was what you're saying, Tyler, is that we've gotten a, to a certain point of representation where these are the movies that people are okay with seeing and being like, oh, I really felt for that one story where this black girl had to go again or this, this black girl or boy had to really fight the injustice to do this thing rather than, you know, just like black people living, <laughs> just living black people. Living um, joyful lives, joyful <laughs> lives about this just them. What I just recently got into was Girlfriends. I was too young ah. to appreciate it then. And going back and watching it now, I was like, this show is ahead of its time. And yeah. it was there. So it was like how far we've come and how far we have to go. I have to always look back because I'm like, this show was doing the thing about like pan women and successful women and single women and sexual women way before and doing it like loudly. And I was watching these shows and I was like, wow, I, I don't even see the show. I feel like we're just coming to a place again where I'm starting to see shows like Insecure starting to like live this like multiple complicated black female stories, mm -hmm. but it was happening. It was happening. So that was crazy for me to kind of see um, that we've kind of been like in a dip. Like there was all this black art being created and it was like specific black art. And then it kind of just like the blackness became kind of mainstream. It's like, we'll have some black people there and we'll have a black gay guy there and a black girl here and a lead there and here. But then like the real representation will kind of just be like dispersed a little bit. Because I'm old, I'm gonna tell y'all youngins this. The oh. 90s was the blackest decade that ever it sure was. Everything <laughs> was so black. But in case y'all forgot, remember how we had Obama? Remember what came after Obama? There's always a backlash to progress. Mm. There is always a, this is too much. Um, but yeah, trauma porn is real and it is, I talk about it, it's image addiction. There's another woman in that show, and because I got to see lovely Kayla's performance in Waitress, it was stunning, but the black woman, who's yeah. the black character? No one, we're ready for that, right? There's some suffering, there's some strength, um, mm -hmm. but I, I actually think it's less about representation. It's more about what we're addicted to watching. Yeah. We don't want to watch black women win. We want to watch them survive. That makes everybody mm -hmm. feel real superior. Mm -hmm. We love to watch the help. Ain't nobody winning in the help. They are surviving. Exactly. I mean, delivering a, a ship high doesn't equal winning. You still a maid. Yeah. But I just think until and in we the end, she kind of just like watching. walks off in the street. It's like, yeah. and she's still a maid, literally. <laughs> yeah. she's I was still like, a maid. she's still a maid, she walks off with them swollen ankles and some That's two it. tight shoes talking she's... about, I serve those white people shit pies. Another day. But I do think it boils down to what we're used to seeing. Um, and and we get addicted to it. You know, we we start to decide what what works where. But yeah, there's and and I just think people if it's just about black people winning, all of a sudden it's just a black show. That's what became of girlfriends. It's like, well, then that's for black people, but they will watch us suffer continually right. because art, because art is meant to evoke empathy. Yeah. At its best, you feel for the character, you're in their shoes. I think the safest way to do that all the way back from Gone with the Wind is you can feel for us if we're suffering because you know how to feel for suffering things. Whereas it's a lot, it's there's a different there's a disconnect with how to feel for someone who doesn't look like you who's winning somehow that's still for america means if someone who doesn't look like me is winning then mm -hmm. it's a story about how i'm losing and that's not true i say yeah. in the show it's like i've always looked in the mirror and seen you white cis straight bodies and identified because i didn't have no choice i looked yeah, at nice. I was, yeah i saw zach morris and i i went with zach and kelly that was my right. love story Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a wild trick to turn around and ask somebody at the age of 35, which is the first time many people saw a black superhero, may mm -hmm. he rest in peace, to look in the mirror, see me and care. They don't understand it. It's a disconnect. And meanwhile, we all understand it because we've grown up watching you and caring about you like you were us. Mm -hmm. And because the other thing wasn't asked of you, I hear people all the time when Black Panther, I, I mean, it just wasn't that good. I was like, I actually think it's an empathy problem. Yes. I actually think you don't know how to see something that you're not at the center at and care. And you think it's okay to just be like, yeah, I just didn't like it versus interrogating why. And we are privileged in a weird way as other that we've always looked at our every book we ever read in school, every show we ever watched, I wasn't at the center, but I cared deeply about what happened. Mm -hmm. And that's a new practice for a lot of people. And it's a deficit that they have to overcome or we're not gonna get there. Yeah. Um, 
that's wild. But that's how I feel about that. So how do you feel about like the people who do somewhat transcend that bit, like the Tony Morrisons and the James Baldwins? Like, where does that like when when does that empathy mm-hmm. start to be realized at the point of where people or like an, even say Audrey McDonald, like they they get to that point where they're highly celebrated by everyone, which is what I was kind of going to say about Kayla. I feel like it's always like the first woman to do this isn't recognized until years, years later, people will be like, oh, you remember when Kayla went in for Dawn and she was the first Black Dawn and people are going to start to recognize. And it's kind of like this slow, gradual build that's like planted seeds for them to explode and like grow years later type of thing. I mean, people were into James Baldwin and Toni Morrison while they, I mean, when they were here writing as well, of course. But where do you think that difference lies? Like, where does that? I think the less danger, I mean, I don't know if we knew that, but I do think where it comes in is first off, just excellence. Mm. Like first you have to be excellent. All those people are excellent, <laughs> Kayla right. included. And in a way that like, we consume a lot of shit all day that's not excellent. We don't ever ask no questions. If it's a black or a, brown body or a queer body, uh-huh. it better be excellent. So I think it comes with excellence and then, yeah, with enough time so that they're, so that black and brown excellence with enough time is no longer threatening to you. So in the moment when it's happening, it's deeply threatening. So you can't mm-hmm. celebrate it then. That darkie should celebrate it for themselves. They got there. That's the celebration. Mm-hmm. Right. Five years down the line where it's no longer threatening, of course you can say, well, my God, that was excellent. They're excellent. Mm-hmm. And even though Tony and Baldwin were celebrated when they were writing, um, they got much older. I mean, Tony, Tony started writing. And Baldwin, right. you know, I think, I just think when it's not threatening, we love, people like salacious stuff. So if it's happening and it's big, Everybody will glom on and have opinions. Um, but we won't celebrate something that threatens the status quo, which just so happens to be straight, cis, white, um, until it's far enough away from us to not threaten to not threaten our own mediocrity, our mm-hmm. own inability to get there. Mm-hmm. We, we, we'll celebrate it later on. Kind of like this uh, queer movement that we're seeing now. It was like, well, now now there are queer ads. Now there are queer characters. Now there are queer movies. Whereas before it was a, you know, a subversive thing that we didn't want to get too close to. But now look at where the ball scene is. Whereas before it's this dark, shadowy place. And now it's like, everyone wants to Vogue. Everyone wants to twirl, sis, ma, yes. Like, everyone wants to be a part of that now. Well, at because- the same time, if it's mainstream queerness, y'all can't play queer bodies. Most queer bodies are still played by straight bodies. Right. It's still a conversation. I mean, unless right. we're talking pose, but it's, yeah, this fear of getting too close to it. There's a whole conversation, which I'm not really interested in getting into, about <laughs> Black <laughs> British actors and oh, yeah. playing American. Right. <laughs> and I, I think excellence is excellence. Black excellence is excellence. But I do think the reason they do it, one, they tend to be better trained than us is one thing. But also, you don't have to deal with any of that history in the room because that British Black dude don't come in every day and simulate getting whipped by a slave owner yeah. and just be like, ah, damn, I'm still living in the States. <laughs> My cousin was killed last year. Like, this British dude is like, it's it's a history lesson of a different place. There's distance mm-hmm. that they can get. But I, I think it's that, you know, you cast, you cast these these Brits and things that are really hard for white producers and actors to be in a room with a black American body dealing with it. And you cast straight bodies in these queer roles because you can, they can talk man to man to Matthew McConaughey Mm -hmm. and Jared Leto about what, you know, what this is going through and they don't ever have to be confronted with that's wrong. And I know it's wrong because it's my lived experience. Mm -hmm. You know, and now I see it. Now I see it. Let's get into it. Uh Uh-huh. We really are. Because I was always like, I mean, well, I'm still under the impression of, you know, people being, people, actors being actors, but I never understood why at the point where, like, say, um, James Corden just did this role in the prom. But I always, like, why? Why exactly do they do that? So we don't have to get too close. So you can still get out of that and be like, okay, that was this thing that I did over there. And then I'm going to go and, like, do my other thing as well. But if you had a person more closely connected, but that just seems like the the art that I want to see. I want to see the, I want to see the lived experience. Well, I also think that because because it's the lived experience that you're going for, quite honestly, and because it's becoming such uh, a phenomenon where like these things that should have been mentioned are now like 
on the surface and everybody's like, you can't hide from them. That means that they go after the lived experience. You're going to have to give the lived experience what they deserve. And they're not trying to do that. No one's trying to actually break down the barrier and be like, oh, actually, you're supposed to get this amount of money. Your life should be like this now because mm. this is the experience we're going after. Rather, mm. you call up this straight male or somebody who's like, I'm grateful to be in this part and fake this part. It's like, yeah, and this is all you can get for this. Like, mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. have to pay attention to what people are owed when that's the question. You don't have to be working with people. You just have to work for them. Exactly. Exactly. Or you can work with the same people in the room while professing that your room is now magically diverse. The room hasn't changed. It's still full of straight dudes. And now it's just like, but isn't it great that some of them are queer? And I was like, what would be really great is if we just brought the multitudes of queer men in to do this work. But it's wild. It's wild how people avoid progress and all of that stuff about well yeah but you should be grateful that's avoiding progress because Mm -hmm. if you want everybody at the table but somebody at the table got to be grateful the entire time (laughs) and then you pat yourself in the back for being like that's progress but come on now why you ain't grateful tasha (laughs) i was like it's wild how we just avoid the work um and find so many different crazy ways to do the work for me it feels like when vegans are like i made a vegan plate of collard greens and fried chicken and mac and cheese, but it's all vegan. I was like, that sounds like so much. The amount of work you had to do How to make that plate, you could just make, I don't, I'm not coming for vegans, but it does feel like <laughs> a thousand different tricks to have a room that looks diverse, like everyone has a seat at yeah. the table, mm-hmm. where there's really just, that's not what's happening. Right. Yeah. Is it hard though? Artifice. I mean, like you, you're a, you're one of the few black professors at, at Ball State. I mean, and there, there are more now, but and still not many so but um what was it like getting to that spot even like where where is it how was it to get into that space and you were you've watched that space before you even got there so what was that experience like (laughs) that experience no i want to think i was on a panel once i'm on a lot of panels now as a black educator but um And I was saying, you know, I'm the only, at the time when you guys were there, I was the only, for a very long time, I was the only African-American in the entire department, in the entire College of Fine Arts. That's music, dance, and theater. Um, Post-leaving, that's changed. And I was on a panel, I was like, it's really difficult as the only one. They're like, well, you're not the only one, maybe now. And I was like, and they're like, you certainly aren't the first. And I was like, being the only one feels like the first one because you're the only one when anybody has anything to say where you turn. But I think it was made easy because I trusted, I could never have done that job if I did not trust my chair and my close friend, Bill Jenkins. And I'm not Absolutely. saying that because I want to keep my job, whatever. I'm saying that because I trust that man. Yeah. He listens and he grows and he's known me since I was 18. I will say because I had his support, I got through those four years and I'm very proud of all of my students and the work I've done. Um, but I don't know that journey if they had not met me when I was 18. The hard part was to come back and teach with people who knew you as a student. There was always, and not with Bill, but with other faculty and many have gone on to other places, but I was like, there was always this weird, literally people saying crazy stuff out of my mouth, out of their mouths about like, <laughs> well, you know, why don't you just, um, like people trying to plan my classes, people questioning what I was doing, people, I did a thing called Daily Bread. There was a professor who continually was like, well, why don't you do your little show and tell? And I was like, actually, Daily Bread is a practice. Let me explain to you what the practice is. It's about gratitude. And they're like, well, then you do your show and tell. But I was like, there was always, and continually, because I am such good close friends with my chair and also a stellar educator, myself you're in um, there was continually conversations <laughs> about well you know you're you never should have taught anyways you're you know you're here because you're bill's friend and we get that and i was like i'm also an excellent educator my students still call me but like it was difficult it was very hard um mm-hmm. and i think i got through it because most of the people that i was working with had known me for so very long mm-hmm. um y'all know that i'm a strong flavor mm-hmm. i say it like it is and I I am very blessed that I had a friend who is also a chair because the honesty and freedom with which I operated when I was there full time, if I was just some black girl that didn't nobody know, mm-hmm. 
I never would have, I would have been fired. I don't think I would have made it through the education system that way. It mm-hmm. took, by the time I showed up, people had known me for 13 years. They knew right. what they were doing or they should have. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the faculty, even if I felt like they didn't see me as an equal or a peer, um, there were enough people who knew me for 15 years to let mm-hmm. them know who I was and vouch for me. And I just feel like sometimes when we get in those spaces and I can't imagine that space for Kayla, she entered a, a giant arena, a deeply coveted spot where didn't nobody know her. Mm-hmm. I had the privilege of, I entered a room and lots of people knew me and lots of people had feelings about me, but the only man, the only person who mattered who had feelings about me was the person who essentially signed my checks. Mm-hmm. So I got to be yeah. who I was and he knew my value specifically to the students of color because my first show at Ball State came in some white girl I never met was like, we already know what you're going to do. You're going to be the maid in Best Little Whorehouse. And I was like, huh? And she's like, you are. you about to sing the maid in Best Little Whorehouse with a hundred black kids. And I was like, bet. I'm not even going to sing. Did my audition and finished it. Didn't sing. Someone caught me in the hall. The head of musical theater at the time was like, hey, could, do you sing? And I was like, uh, yeah, but it's, and I knew what they, I'm a large black woman. I was like, it's really more Janice Joplin than it is Aretha. I'm like, great. Come in. They had me sing the song, could not sing it, 24 hours of love um, cast me, got a blood blister on my vocal fold, had to take oh. steroids to shrink it down. Oh my God. Um, but like, I finished my gig, walked directly into Bill Jenkins' office. I was 18. I was like, if that's all y'all got to teach me, I'll leave now. Um, I will never do that again. Y'all claim y'all want more people who look like me. You ain't got no faculty who look like me. And to his credit, a year later, I got, for the first time in my life, my first black professor and the only black professor I've ever had who's taught me my craft. I've only ever had one. It was a black woman. Her name was Dewandra. She was amazing, but that was the only black teacher I've ever had. And I will forever uh, support Bill and credit him for that. Cause that's not an easy feat in academia. Things don't move that quick, but I was like, I can't, I won't. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think that journey would have been, a, I believe in my heart that journey would have been a completely different journey if I didn't have the privilege of 13 years previous mm. of the people I was working with knowing me. Absolutely. And Kayla, so I, you're you're creating a program now with Ball State, aren't you? Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so basically, it's a lot of work. Um, so I, during this pandemic with all the Black Lives Matter happening and so much stuff happening, I literally was like, what do I do to do my part? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm very thankful to Ball State because like I said, I didn't have any training and they literally taught me everything I know. Like Absolutely. I credit to being at, at that college. Um, Absolutely. But I um, was speaking to the chairman of the department, Bill, and we were talking and I was saying like, you know, I really want to do something that helps BIPOC students. Um, and so we basically came up with this idea that I would head on and be the chair of an of a brand new program, which we created, which has eight, eight of us, eight alums. Yes. So I'm heading mm. there, Black woman, Shata Glory. And it's called the <laughs> Alumni Ambassador Program. And basically what we're here to do is like seek to provide education and mentorship to prospective BIPOC students. Um, I've, I love Dee Dee. Like she, like we talked, me and my friend Evan, who graduated in my class, who assists me, he's like literally my second person when it comes to this organization. We always used to talk about how like we used to go to her for everything. Like that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, as a person who is looking for mentorship, I want to be able to be a person who can coach these students and who can give mm-hmm. them the to stand in a room and um and advocate for themselves for themselves you know like i want them to be able to stand tall and know what they're talking about um absolutely all these other people who don't have the brains understand <laughs> <laughs> that black people and people of color in general are amazing that they are amazing Incredible. this organization literally has and it's not just black people like we we have cultures around the board like and that's what i wanted to make sure we had was different ethnic people in the room so that we could all sit with one another and figure out what can be done for every student of color, you know? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so we're breaking down some barriers around here. It just started. So we're figuring out what we're doing. We're, <laughs> we're figuring it all out, but right now we are definitely being big. Um, we're advocating for every person of color in the room. 
which is absolutely great. so those that's amazing those are just a few things you guys are getting into to see how far we have yet to go but you were you were shortening that distance every day and i feel like i like to think that tyler and i are short tyler and i are shortening that distance <laughs> with this um <laughs> podcast bringing people together with us to queer bipoc host and bringing on our fabulous guests these two lovely lovely black ladies thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us it's been amazing talk i mean well i know both of y'all the jig is up i I went to school with kayla and the teacher um but it was so nice talking to y'all ditto this was fun it was fun don't be surprised when we are like, hey, um, we're talking hey, about back. more stuff. Um, gotta, <laughs> well, I will be reaching out to Dash and Kayla separately because I am starting a coaching program to help Absolutely. BIPOC students get into these MFA programs that there's also a big de- deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having some young coaches who know how to talk to the youths, I used to, back when y'all was young, I was young. I used to be able to talk to talk the youth lingo. I can't do it no more. So, <laughs> yes, of course. Well, Should we finish with our cool down, Dash? Yes, let's finish with our cool down. Yeah, let's just get into. We talked a little bit about it, but let's get into your just one of the most inspirational black people you you two lovely ladies have. Go, Kayla. I let me really think about it because actually, <laughs> this person is no longer here. <laughs> Or is like are passed they? away? Yeah. <laughs> they could be they, they could be, be alive. They're still black. They're still black. Let yeah. me just think. Not are they still are they still black? They're still black. <laughs> they, have, they have they're passed. still black. They're they're black. Passed. Well I'll go because mine is real quick. Okay. And mine is Dame Michaela Cole. The way the Golden Globes just I almost up. said that. Michaela Cole. Every day of my life, everything I've ever watched her do is a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge to all of us. Be as honest as you possibly can. Tracy Ellis Ross is the reason that we have Insecure and yeah. sort of having the courage to be like, anybody ever seen a Black woman like this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I might be called Sadiddy. I might be called whatever. I'm going to do it. Michaela Cole is like, if you don't speak your truth now with everything I'm doing out here, Everything I've ever made feels false when I watch her work, which is mm-hmm. exciting for me because I'm like, this is permission. Michaela said, do it. I shock them, upset them with your truth. And I adore her in a way that like watching her work frees me internally. It feels like a I'm like, yes, tell everybody Absolutely. everything, Michaela. And she like things I didn't know about myself and what my truth was. I had to watch her do in ways that shocked and embarrassed me to be like, oh, that feels real personal. Um, <laughs> An attack, maybe? And, and I was like, I feel deeply attacked and am I not ready? But that's my hero. I'm going to work every day to make as honest work as Miss Michaela Cole, and it's going to challenge me. I love that. She, I, yeah, she I, is I, challenging. I, I also said Michaela Cole, and then I was like, maybe we shouldn't bring that up. <laughs> but, she was you know. But I'm also going to say, um, I actually really admire Issa Rae. I think, um, I think the reason that I would consider her, that's not who I was going to say, but I'm going to say Issa Rae because I had to think about it. I had to rethink about it. <laughs> no, go ahead. Think. But I love Issa Rae and the fact that like, she, she literally looked at the media and what was out there and was like, I'm going to create something for me. Like, this mm. is, the, this is the kind of work that I know that I am like, I'm good at and I want to see myself in something that I've created. And I'm like, yeah, influence me, motivate me to create something that showcases who I am and to not be afraid of that. And if it's an awkward black girl, that there are different kinds of black women and that we Mm -hmm. are not the same stereotype that cannot Mm -hmm. be our multifaceted. That is what we do. We do a bunch of things. I I applaud her for that. And I'm like, yeah, sis, and be great. And she was for everybody black. And at the end of the day. Yeah, right there, that mm-hmm. one. We root for everybody black every day. Thank, right. you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Every, every day, all day, rooting for the black people, <laughs> getting rid of the monolith one day at a time. Yes. Please. Period. Period. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining. We're going to Queen's Wave out, and we'll see y'all uh-huh. next time. How amazing. How was incredible. incredible. I could, I, I mean, I feel, I feel like I say this every week, but I could listen. I could listen for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, I really could keep going. Also, we kind of just like took a backseat that episode and like let them really do did. We were like, like, you know what? 
Go ahead. Preach, Go ahead. sis. Tell get me something. I don't need to. I don't need to. Go we ahead. Need Y'all to two get into it. Get you it. got it. <laughs> Actually, this is the Kayla and Didi show now. Um, get into it. Hosted by Kayla and Didi. And welcome <laughs> on as a guest. You can follow them. Everybody who's listening, you can follow them on Instagram at Kayla Davion. K-A-Y-L-A-D-A-V-I-O-N and at Didi Batiste, D-E-E-D-E-E-B-A-T-T-E-A-S-T. I have to read at the same time. It's kind of, I'm like, I messed up last week and I was like, oh gosh. Anyway, um, we have a few comments. I want to I want to shout out these comments. We have one from Ryan Armstrong. Look at these beautiful Come on, Ryan. They are And beautiful. then when um, we have one from Eli Thomas. Yes, Eli. The coaching thing that she she was creating um yes i want to talk about you know we talked about this i talked about this last week but what is it gonna um, be um oh yes broadway yes, world yes. record you know as we always want we, we want to talk about this broadway world record radical theatricals is partnering with hdb casting um to break a world record a guinness 5, world record videos come on five thousand people singing the same song and you can find all the information at www.hdbcasting.com slash record. Um, so please take a look at that and submit your video. I think Dash is going to... I am. Submit. I am filming my video this week and I'm challenging some very... Hopefully they get my challenge and they try to they accomplish it because that will be amazing. Um, I have some a few people in mind that I want to challenge. Um, but yeah, I get my video in and hopefully you do too. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to. I got to. I got to set up myself. My self tape situation. Now. Like, yes, stop. yes. You got to get into the self tape. Get into it. Come on. Well, it's Black History Month all month, and let's make it Black History Year and Life, darling. Okay, century. Yes, for the for the end of the time being that we have here. But right, I think well, that's all we have left in the show. I think it is. I'm Tyler Dobies. And I'm Dash Perry. You can catch us every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, and you can find us on YouTube or Facebook and Instagram at Ryco Theatricals. That's R-Y-C-O Theatricals. All right. See y'all next week on the podcast when you can listen to us. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Get Into It. A weekly podcast from the Ryko live streaming series produced by Ryko Theatricals. Everything you heard was recorded live on our social media at Ryko Theatricals. You can support this podcast by sharing us on social media, writing a great review, or donating at www.ryko.org/support. Thanks for listening.